Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As of this recording, the night before the 93rd Academy Awards ceremony in a year full of surprises, in a year full of great movies, but most importantly, probably in a year affected by the coronavirus pandemic, what will the Oscars look like? What will the winners look like? That's what we're here to talk about here tonight, along with my normal perspective co-host, Adolfo. What's going on, buddy? Um... It's been a year. I mean, he kind of summed it up. It's been a year. Uh, it's it's all right. It's all right. I think we were both talking before we went on the air that we're both just kind of eh about everything right now. Um, and I'm feeling that about the Oscars. I'm feeling that about just movies in general. But yeah, I've been okay. I've been okay, I guess. Yeah, it's really weird. And like I was telling you uh, before we went on the air, I don't know. I mean, I could blame the pandemic for this. Uh, because it's affecting not just, you know, my interest in movies, but a lot of, you know, of the rest of my life as well. And, you know, I'm not the only one going through this, apparently. But, you know, I just feel very blah right now about everything. I don't know if it was like, you know, the uh, 
the extended moments of isolation, especially, you know, most of last year, you know, being spent in lockdown or laid off or just, you know, still having to social distance and wear the mask. And it's just, you know, it's just affecting me in a lot of ways mentally. And I mean, it, I haven't really been able to get my interest back in, in things like the way I normally would. Like I was just telling you off the air, normally the last three or four years, like by now the Oscars are over. Like it's we're already almost in freaking May. And we'll be doing a summer know, preview by now. We be, exactly. We've already been planning our summer preview show. And we're just now getting to the Academy Awards at the end of April. And I mean, it's, it's, it's just it just feels very weird. It feels very off. And like I, like I was going to say before, the last three years, I go out of my way to like seek out not only the best picture nominees, which I try to watch during the showcase, which there was no showcase, unfortunately, this year, obviously, for obvious reasons. <laughs> Uh, I try to seek out all the uh, acting uh, movies also, even if it's movies that are just up for acting awards or technical awards. I try to watch 90 to 90, 90 to 100% of the movies that are nominated. And this year, I mean, I'm just now, I just now saw Minari about two hours ago. You know, normally I would watch it like twice by now. And The Father, I'm only watching for the first time tomorrow on the day of the ceremony. So it's just, I. I, the fact that I haven't had the energy to seek out these films, which I'm I'm sure are very great films. Anari was a, was amazing, an amazing film. I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't try to seek it out sooner. But it's just the fact that I'm not, you know, in that you know gung ho, excited mood for the Oscars like I normally would. I mean, it's it's kind of depressing already. Like I mean, the pandemic is depressing in itself, but like the fact that I'm not as excited as I normally would be just makes this even more depressing. Yeah, man, you hit the nail on the head. Um... You know, like you said, it's April, Oscars will be done by now. And, you know, I, I like to pride myself, you know, in, in normal years. I mean, you can go back and listen to our archive, but in normal years where, you know, and it comes to the Oscars, by the time we do our Oscar preview show, I've watched all the movies, right? And and I, I can say that for this one as well, but, like, it's April, and I should have had these finished by, like, two months ago. Yeah. And I only just finished The Father, uh, like maybe three or four days ago. I mean, I had no excuse. Like everything is on demand now. Yeah, I would have had to pay like, you know, money for some of these, and I did pay money for some of these. Uh, but like you know, for like a twenty dollar rental fee, but and right. I did. But I mean, it's not different than going to a movie, right? If you don't have like a one of those, right? You know, uh, premium passes or anything. But uh, you know, I I should have been done by. I should have been able to see all of them times two by now and i'm still only getting i still only finished the best picture nominees off this week uh uh almost the last second and i'm getting some of the other ones um you know on my own website the essential films uh website i always do the uh you know the essential film awards which is basically the oscars um but like with my own categories and i always prided myself on getting them in the night the day before the oscars so i could say hey this is the real award show, like tongue in cheek going like, this is the real award show. These are the only ones that matter, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I can't do that this year. I'm just not ready. Like I, I'm still, there are still gaping holes in like the, in different categories that I haven't watched yet. So I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get it done. Maybe next week, maybe the week after, I don't know. But, and it's, I feel like, damn, it's April and I should have had this done in normal years. This would have been done at the end of February. And, and I don't know, like it's, it's weird because at the beginning of the pandemic, when we were realizing that all these movies were going to get pushed back and pushed back, 
I remember saying, this is actually going to be kind of nice for us if the Oscars get pushed back because we're going to be able to watch all these movies and get them all in ahead of time and not have to like worry to, to like squeeze them all in. And what did I end up doing? I ended up squeezing them all in anyway because I just, I just felt very blah about the whole thing. And like you said, it, it's not, not the fault of the nominees because a lot of them are excellent. But I just, I don't know what it is about this year that I just, it just was hard to to get through. I mean, I felt something was off when I struggled to get through the Golden Globe nominees before that ceremony, yeah. and I was like. Yeah, some something's not right with me. And the fact that I struggled up to even now to finish the Best Picture Oscar nominees, I can think to me personally, I mean, I, everybody's different, but to me personally, it just speaks to, you know, just how the pandemic has affected me, you know, emotionally and mentally that, you know, movies, probably my most favorite thing in the world, you know, not that I've completely lost interest in it, but... You know, it's just really made me so, I guess, fatigued, you know, of it, of it. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just I'm not I'm not putting in the energy that I normally would in trying to, to watch these movies. And it's just, I guess, in, in the world we live in now, it's just something that I, I, I don't know. I don't want to say it was inevitable, but it's just an unfortunate side effect, I guess. I wonder if it does have to do with the fact that, like, it's just more of just sitting at home and watching stuff, right? Like, we've yeah. been doing that all year, and, like, there's no – I wonder how much of it is that we just – of the fact that we can't physically go into a movie theater and watch these things, you know? Maybe and maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Um, I mean, I got my first round of uh, uh, the vaccine. I, I, you told me that you got yours, right? Yes. Um, so my second one is scheduled for a week from today, actually. Uh, so after that, it should be ready to go to go back to the movie theaters. Right. But so hopefully maybe once I get back to the movie theaters, maybe start seeing some of these big summer blockbusters. Um, maybe I'll be able to like kind of get that excitement for movies back again. But I think maybe it was just like not being in a theater and, and maybe that kind of, you know, affected affected my uh, I don't know my cinephileness or something. You know, and, and you know what it, it what's funny too. Like, it's not just you know the Oscar movies that this is affecting for me. I still haven't watched Godzilla versus Kong, and it's going to be gone in four days. So, you know, I'm even struggling to just throw that on, and that's yeah. something that I would have been to see like the first weekend at the movies. You know, it, it's it's kind of fun too. Like, it's it's pretty fun, I would say. I mean, I'm, I don't think you need to like. Uh, it, when it first came out on HBO Max, I, I wouldn't have said you got to watch it before you get spoiled, but I would say you should probably watch it before it goes off the air, uh, off of a free, off of free HBO Max. Yeah, but it, it's, well, it's, it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, well, I'll, I'm gonna try to get that in uh, this week. I kind of have to, or I'm gonna be stuck trying to go to the movies to see it. But like you were saying earlier, like I did mention, or I mean, like you mentioned. Like I mentioned to you, I should say, I um, got my first dose yesterday as of this recording, so on, uh, which was Friday. And my second one is scheduled for about three weeks from now, I think. Uh, you so, want to Pfizer or Moderna? Uh, Moderna. Mm-hmm. So once I get the second dose and I wait the two-week period, when I think by June I should be fully vaccinated, 
You know the first place I'm going to. I don't even have to tell you. Oh, Alamo. Of course, they're opening back up May 7th, finally, after over a year of being closed in Brooklyn. Like, it's a big celebration. The uh, the tickets are going up uh, this Monday for, uh, what movies? For, for Brooklyn. So, And they've already said they've already lined up, you know, some cool screenings of, like, Hairspray uh, and some other old movies. I think because John Waters' birthday was this week, so they're going to ah, celebrate okay. it with Hairspray. Um, well, I don't know which one. I don't know, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'll find that on Monday. Uh, not that I'll probably end up going to see it anyway, because I'm going to wait till I'm fully vaccinated first before I step foot into one of those places. But um, at least I know that once I am fully vaccinated, it'll be there for me. So, right. Yeah, man. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how what what is going to qualify as like a blockbuster this year, because um, just kind of like last year, since everything was shut down. Um, Everyone, I think, you know, you're going to see more people going to the movies because more people are going to be vaccinated. But, like, you know, you're not going to have a 100% vaccination rate by August, right? So, no. I think, like, you're not going to see, like, these billion-dollar movies this year, I don't think. You're going to see, like, maybe, like, 500 million, right? But you're not going to see, like, billion-dollar movies this year. Exactly. I mean, I'm trying to look up, because I saw something uh, earlier about what they would be showing. Like, they kind of gave us a little preview of what, uh, they'll be showing in May. I'm trying to see. So they'll definitely have Mortal Kombat there, they said. Uh, which I already saw Mortal Kombat actually yesterday. Uh, did you watch it yet? No, no, I haven't I haven't gotten to it yet. Let's see, well they're they're gonna have they're gonna show Dude, the I'm still wig. trying to catch up on Oscar stuff. I'm not gonna watch <laughs> Mortal Kombat. And look, I'm not dissing on Mortal Kombat. Like I I love the first movie like with all its warts, but like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till I get everything else before I watch a Mortal Kombat. Well, it's all right. I mean, I kind of like the cheesiness of the original. Um, this one is a little too serious for my taste, but mm-hmm. you know, but it's still. I think I think it was well done. The story, like, and and the lore they get into was was really well done. I thought. Um, okay, so here's what we got. We got they're gonna show the mummy uh, with Brent, the Brendan Fraser mummy. I was about to say which one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got some, uh, they got a brunch for Crazy Rich Asians, they got The Departed, they got The Karate Kid, The Monster Squad, ooh, that's some good ones right there. Uh, Singing in the Rain brunch, they're gonna show They Live, which I already saw at Alamo once. Uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, Full Metal Jacket, and they're doing a Hugo cereal party. Uh, that's just a taste of what's coming in May at Alamo Draft House. so, not that I'll probably be able to see any of this, but at least... I'm just happy to know that it's it's it'll be there for me once in June once I'm ready to go back. Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm. 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 I don't even know like what's coming out like in May like in like regular as like a regular release like. Uh, I'm just excited to go back and see a movie for once. But it's funny, like even though the movies will be there, and listen, I will be you know patronizing movie theaters you know as soon as I can, but. I guess right now, at least for the, at least maybe for the rest of the year, the stuff that's going to come up like on HBO Max and if, like, for example, Black Widow in July, I'll, I'll probably watch it at home. Maybe I'll watch mm-hmm. it once in the movies and once at home, but it's like, you know, while we have that option, at least for 2021, I'm going to take advantage of it. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't uh, dispute that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Although Black Widow's is it's not going to be free, is it? I thought it was going to be one of those. Uh, um, yeah, the premium access. Premium thing. Like, access I think that's which, the thirty bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> which is like, I mean, with you know, family of four, that's no big deal. 
Yeah, but I don't know. I'm I, I'm not gonna do that for Black Widow because like I don't know. It's just too much. I mean, who knows? Like, I may just say, okay, let's just go back to the movies, you know, <laughs> and watch it there. Yeah. Because by then I'll be fully vaccinated. So I mean, pretty much my entire family, except for like me and uh, my uncle, are vaccinated. So, but we just got our first doses, so we're uh, just waiting on the second. But uh, but let's uh, let's get to our main topic here tonight. It's the Academy Awards. We are the eve of the Oscars right now, and like we kind of already alluded to earlier, great year for movies. But it's just the whole, you know, backdrop of the coronavirus pandemic has just kind of put everything in a, in a dour mood, at least for me personally. I don't know about you, Dolph, maybe something similar for other people. But, you know, but in the end, we are having an Oscar ceremony tomorrow night. We do have eight nominees for Best Picture, which, again, I know you, Adolfo, I think you'll, you'll agree with me. I hate that they have the option to do 10 and they don't. Do yeah, 10. it's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. It, like. It's, I understand it's like a math thing, like the certain, like only you have to reach a certain point threshold, and like only people who get this amount of points get it. Like I get it, I understand it, but it's like just the most popular ten movies that had the most votes. Like why is that so hard? Just put them in there. <laughs> I don't understand why this has to be so difficult. <laughs> I mean, anyway. it's the Academy. What do you expect? <laughs> and it's not even like a big deal. Like I don't really. It shouldn't matter. Like it shouldn't matter whether it's eight or ten or five. But it's like, just have the even number. Like, it's my OCD kicking in. Like, it's there. Just fill those two spots in, you know? know. (laughs) Uh, But a good thing we can talk about also when it comes to these Oscars is, I mean, I've been reading everywhere. These are probably the most diverse Oscars in history. I actually did notice that whenever all the nominees were announced. I was like, hey, look at that. Like, there's a lot of diversity here. Which, you know, bravo to the Academy, you're only 93 years too late, but, I mean, better late than never. And I think this is where finally seeing, because what was that year, the Oscar So White year? Was I think that, that was 20, like, 15? I think it was 2015, 2016, around there. Right. Yeah, and I remember after that whole controversy, like, they, they basically responded, like, we're going to, like, start including more diverse voting members and, and this, this and that. And then there was a big stink about kicking out all the old white people that weren't active in the business anymore <laughs> um, but uh so i wonder i don't know if that i think they they backtracked on that one i think they got enough yeah. flack from old white people that they, <laughs> that they they allowed them to stay um but uh the i i i think the whole thing was like they were going to add more diverse like not just in acting but in directing and you know production design and cinematography and all that stuff and i wonder if we're now seeing the results of that like after all these years we're finally seeing the results of that you took the words right out of my mouth there's actually an article i forgot where it's from so i mean excuse me if you're listening to this i'm quoting your article without giving you credit but that's basically the argument they made too like you know when they made those changes after the oscar so white thing you know, it took a few years, but it's just now we're seeing we're seeing some returns from that change. And I think the real test will be is if this continues next year. Like if we see maybe the same amount of diversity, maybe more in the nominees, then we'll know that it's a result from that. But if it kind of backtracks a little bit, because, you know, the Academy, they're always two steps forward, four steps back. And it's like. I wouldn't blame anybody for not trusting them completely right now that they've completely turned the wheel let's give them maybe next year and the year after that to see if they really kind of keep this consistent mm-hmm. yeah i agree uh, um so 
Well, yeah, go ahead. No, I, no I, that's probably just going to reiterate. So it's good. Okay. Um, so, uh, well, Adolfo, I know you have the list in front of you. I do. Um, now, before we get into everything, I did see some of the stuff you've been posting lately. And I do want to talk about one thing. And only because I just saw it again yesterday while I'm doing my, uh, my own personal best picture showcase over the last uh, two or three days. I'm kind of watching, trying to watch everything before uh, tomorrow. I'm actually going to end up watching The Father for the first time tomorrow along with one of the other, the other rewatches. But uh, Nomadland is the favorite. Mm-hmm. You like that movie, but you don't want it to win. Yes. Tell um, about that. It's a movie that, like, I, I watched it, right? And I was just, I, I felt, like, really... I could tell, like, the movie was trying to say something, right? And I could tell that the movie was trying to show me something. And I just felt, at the end of it, like, empty, right? Like, it just didn't affect me at all. Like, I could look at the filmmaking and think, yeah, that's good filmmaking, Right. I could look at the performance by Francis McDormand uh, and to a lesser extent, David Strathern and go, yes, those are magnificent performances. But it just I just it just left me cold. Right. It just didn't it didn't move me like at all. Like I, 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 I and I know it's like one of those things is like, is it me? Like everyone else seems to love it. But like I'm not. So this is in the three billboards situation where I like really hated three billboards. I don't hate this movie. Oh, oh I still disagree with you on that. But <laughs> I mean, that, we've, we've had that debate already. So let's just. Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't hate this movie. I, I think it's I, I think it's a very well well made film. And if it wins, like, you know, sure. Great. You know, applaud it. That's that's fine there. It's a it's a deserving film. But it's it's just like I am never gonna watch this movie again. Like I'm just not. Like it's it just did left me so empty after I watched it. I was just like I don't. Okay, you know that was artistic and well done, but it doesn't do it for me at all. I wouldn't say it left me empty, but the ending does kind of just leave you cold. It's not just you know emotionally, but like it kind of just kind of cuts off when I feel like there's still more to tell and I'm, you know, when that ending scene came and it just cut to the credits, I'm like, wait, that's it. That's it. I feel like like you're just getting started here, even though it has been already like two hours that we've been sitting through, you know, uh, Francis McDormand's Fern's journey, you know? And it's like, I felt like they were just getting started with something. And yeah, like, that's, it? that's what it is. It's because like for, for like, I don't know, he's like two hours or something like that. For, like, 90 minutes, you're just, like, sitting in this woman's life, and it's awful. Like, life sucks. And and I know the point of the film is that she recognizes that it might not be, like, the greatest life, but it's her own journey. She's making her own decisions. She doesn't want to be, you know, beholden to anybody else. Like, she, this, like no matter what happens, you know, this is the choices that she makes. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad. Like, this, I get all that. But for, like, so much of it, I'm just sitting there, I'm just like, this looks like such a crap life, and I'm just sitting here wallowing in it, you know? <laughs> and um, that, especially towards the end when she's, like, you know, at the beginning, towards the beginning of the movie, she's, like, working at the Amazon Fulfillment Center, and she's, got like, she's making friends and things like that. And at the end, like, they, they kind of 
uh, kind of bookend it with her working at one of those centers like by herself and it's just like jesus this is depressing like i don't want to keep watching <laughs> this you know and and it's not that because i've watched plenty of depressing movies right I'm, I'm totally fine with depressing movies but it's just like there was not it just didn't for all that stuff we went through and for all the like and for all the highs of like thinking oh maybe like she's got something here that might be nice and then her like kind of eventually rejecting it and for all the lows that we went through it ultimately ends with like nothing like the journey didn't amount to anything and maybe that's the point maybe that's the point that the journey didn't amount to anything but i just was like uh i don't know and the other thing was like the movie's like all like non-professional actors Except for Francis McDormand as David Strahern. Um and it's just like when you have a movie, it's like when you have a movie with like non-professional actors, it's like you either go all the way or you don't because it feels like a lot of movie. I was like, yeah, these are all like these all these people all seem like real normal people. These aren't actors, but then there's like except that's Francis McDormand like sitting right there, like <laughs> you know, it just took me out of the movie. Like when you have her surrounded by a bunch Dude. of like non actors, that's like I think maybe we should just gotten another non actor for her role because it just feels like she sticks out like a sore thumb and she's great. Look, she's awesome. She's fantastic. Frances McDormand is an acting queen. I'm not by any means saying that's a bad performance. It just seems like she sticks out amongst all these non actors whenever like it's like either either cast the movie with actors or cast the entire movie with non-actors but like putting in like a like a, a movie star in between all these non-actors sticks out to me you brought up something that i was that crossed my mind as i was watching it the first time right but before i get into that the part that made me sad bro was when the second the second trip near the end of the movie when she was uh, working at amazon and She's walking around like the little trailer park with the little sparkler, like "Happy New Year," and it's like oh, nobody God. around her. I'm like, bro, man, are you are you trying to rip my heart out? Like she's just like it's walking just by so with a little sparkler, bro. <laughs> like there's no big fireworks display, or no. She's not with like friends. She's just walking around with a sparkler, <laughs> saying "Happy New Year" oh, to nobody, God. bro. Like fuck, man. <laughs> it's just so. <sighs> I don't know. It just, I mean, it's such a, like, like the other, the other difference, the other uh, movie that, that was like this, um, but in a completely absurd way was, was the Borat movie where, okay, there's Sasha Baron Cohen completely surrounded by all these people that are non-actors, right? But that's an absurdity, right? right. So like, but when you, when you do it the opposite way where it's like, re like grounded in reality, it's just like, it just feels off, Right. And yeah, that that scene in New Year's was like, oh, this is just depressed, and everything is gray and cold, you know. <laughs> I'm just like, this is awful, dude. <laughs> but and yeah, yeah. And, and some of it is also like, you, you know, she's got there's two points in the movie where she's got like an opportunity to not have her life be shitty, like one with her sister, where she right. like goes to visit her sister, and the other one where she goes to visit David Strathairn's family, and both of them, both instances, she could stay. Like she's invited to stay and stay indefinitely, but she just takes off, right? And right. Uh, each time I'm like, why? Like, what is what? And I get it. You want to be your own person, but also, you, you can't be your own person while like being comfortable for a little bit till you get on your feet. Like, right? Uh, I just, uh, but I, the uh, 
the other point I wanted to make, and like, you know, you may, you brought up a very good point, like talking about, you know, either go full non-professional actors or don't, right? You brought up Borat as a good example. The one that I thought of, maybe you'll agree with me, and because this was like science fiction slash, not really absurdity, but more a science fiction thing, maybe we, it, it's, we give it a pass, and that's under the skin. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson yeah. and everybody else were non-professional actors, like real people that they kind of filmed guerrilla style. So that's one that I thought of as I was watching this, but it's the same thing like you said. You either go full, you know, guerrilla, non-professional actor, or cast, you know, do it professionally, cast actual actors. Because it's a weird balance when you try to strike the two. Because like you said, you had like these people like Swanky, who's a real person, you know, just talking about, you know, she doesn't want to spend the rest of her life in a hospital bed. Like she's going to die. She wants to, you know, travel and see the world, you know, before that happens. And then sitting next to her is Francis McDormand. Like, so, you know, it, it, it takes that kind of documentary like feel of, of what, you know, this real person is saying and it kind of turns it down a notch because then you start thinking, oh, wait, was that was that a real speech or not? Because, you know, Francis McDormand is sitting right there. So, right. And it, it's kind of weird. It's a weird balance that it has to strike. But I mean, but overall, it's a very well made film. But like you said, too, it's just. Is it, not that it not it's not a question of is it best picture like personally for me like does it really do anything for me and it's a little hard question for me to answer but it's I'm leaning towards no like it, it's a great film but I just felt like there was more of a story to tell than it told us and I feel like because I got left out in the cold like that it kind of just makes me bring that my my reception of it down a notch yeah so. I'm going to touch on two points you brought up there. The one with the under the skin real quick. I think the reason that works is because it is, like you said, it is a science fiction movie. So like the out there-ness of like a, like a ridiculous glamorous celebrity, like uh, um, Scarlett Johansson in this like small, I think it's Ireland, like the small Irish town kind of makes sense in that like weird world. Um, so I think that's why it works for that. Um, but, the other thing I wanted to mention as well is like the Francis McDormand spent so much time, like talking to some of these other people who are telling these stories about their lives and things like that. Like swanky you brought up and I, they're more interesting than Francis McDormand. Like <laughs> why isn't the movie about them? You know what I mean? Like right. it's, it, th that's the thing. It's like, like, it's a really it's a neat experiment and like it, it's you know if it wins i'm not going to be mad like like when green book won i'm not going to be <laughs> mad like when crash won it's not it's not going to be considered among like the worst oscar movies of all time but it's 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 just going to be like all right you know i don't agree but that's fine i understand why it got, I, I understand why it won like i understand why it wins even though it's not my choice I'll never forget the meltdown I had with Green Book. Like I, I told the story on the show before. Like I literally had the notebook where I was tracking all the winners and I had my predictions. As soon as they said Green Book, I literally threw that notebook across the room, bro. Like in a fit. Like, I'm like, what? Yeah, like was, you assholes. That was so stupid. Um, the uh, <laughs> you know I, I 
I I I went on a quest to a quest to like get every single um to own every single best picture winner, and the last two I I well the last one I bought was Parasite. That was the last one. That, but before before Parasite was available to buy um uh, to complete I left the la- the last two to complete the collection were were Green Book and Crash, and I was like I don't want to do this, but like there's my OCD is like I have to have the complete mm-hmm. Oscar collection, right? So I was like. All right, I'll buy them, but I'm not going to pay full price. So, like, I bought secondhand copies of those things because I was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't, in good faith, pay real money for like these movies, which I can't stand. But I need to have them on my shelf because, like, I have to have the full Oscar collection. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, Do- doesn't oh, dude, doesn't that historic parasite would seem like forever ago? It seems like no. ten thousand years ago that that happened. I know it was just last year. <laughs> that fucking. I just rewatched, I rewatched it recently because I I finally got my 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 Criterion edition. Nice, it. and it's so good, dude. It's just it doesn't. How does that movie just? Oh, it's so good. It's, it's so, so fucking good, man. But uh, oh. wait a minute. So wait. So you own now. So now you officially own every best picture. All ninety-two of them. Yeah. Nice. Not so. All- Blu-ray because some of them are on Blu-ray, like mm-hmm. some of them are already on Blu-ray, but um, I have all of them on uh, on either Blu-ray or DVD. Yeah. So this is a good segue because so you own all nine all official ninety two Best Picture winners, even Marty, which apparently is not important enough for people to watch. <laughs> uh... <laughs> all right. So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, some Dingleberry wrote a uh, a listicle. On, I don't. It's not even an article. It's a listicle on Esquire, which is a legitimate publication, right? Um, where he let me let me get the official wording of it because um, I want to. I don't want to. I don't want to misrepresent this gentleman or lady because I don't actually know if they're uh, if they ever actually published their name. Let's see here. <laughs> what a what a freaking mess! All ninety two Best Picture Oscar winners ranked nearly a century of academy darlings from worst to best and no crash isn't at number 92 okay i'll 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 look at this um now before we get to marty right away number 91 out of 92 mind you is the deer hunter to which they say unbearably annoying and the wedding section so long you'll find yourself praying for a barely competent local band to start uh, parping out Mr. Brightside so you can sneak off. So first of all, it's Come already on, snarky, douchey. This sounds like a dude. I'm going to say it's a dude. Not saying that women can't be snarky douchebags, but this sounds like a snarky douchebag dude. Um, one. Two, 91 out of 92. I forget what they put 92 at, um, but it's it's below Greatest Show on Earth. Greatest Show on Earth is the worst Oscar movie. And okay, fine. Everyone has an opinion. Opinions are like assholes. This is a clearly incorrect opinion, but whatever. But what was more egregious was uh, their number sixty-two ranking for Marty, nineteen fifty-five. Okay, number sixty-two. But their description is: haven't seen it. It's here <laughs> as a control, just a completely neutral non-film. A non-fucker. Are you kidding me with this? A non-film. What a first of all, the disrespect to show Marty, which is an excellent movie, by the <laughs> way. 
like, I, I don't know which to be mad at first. The fact that they called Marty a non-film or the fact that they wrote an article saying that they were going to rank everything but didn't bother to do the fucking work to rank, to watch all the movies. Like, which I don't know which one I'm mad at more. How did this get past editors is what I want to know. Like, aren't they? They're supposed to be a professional publication and which has editors. And this got past editors? Like, I don't understand that. Like, that's just, it's just mind-boggling to me that this could get get on the air somehow without being told, you didn't watch all the movies? Well, go back and do your fucking homework and then come back and we'll publish it. It's just... Like, the second that came in and, like, I saw I haven't seen it, I'd be like, we're not running this. And now maybe the editor was like, look, it has to be in before set before Sunday because blah, blah, blah. You know what? Then you got to push that to Sunday morning and make that writer actually watch the fucking movie because that's bullshit. I'm sorry. That's absolute bullshit that to have on the writer's end, on the editor's end, on the publication's end. That I know some people might be thinking, oh, it's one movie out of 92. No, no, no. Like you said you were going to do a thing. Do the fucking thing. You can't. No, that's absolute bullshit. That, but see, this, that that deer hunter thing really pisses me off because I love that fucking movie and I love the wedding scene. And yeah, it, it can get long, but there's a point to it, bro. <laughs> fucking, this is the last time these guys are gonna bond together before their life goes to hell in Vietnam, and it's like you didn't understand that. You didn't understand the context. Like, fuck you, man. You didn't watch it correctly, then. Shit. It's like. These people, like, and I, so I can't get a job writing about movies, but I this know, motherfucker's getting paid to put out bullshit like this. It's like, and you know, this is probably, like, some, like, 25-year-old, like, out-of-college intern that they're paying, like, $7 an hour. Like, this is, this is bullshit. And on top of that, the fact that they didn't actually watch Marty, again, an excellent movie, um, makes me question if, like, any of the other movies that they, they wrote, I didn't read the whole article, because I was just like this this kit this is not even worth my attention now but i wondered like i wonder if like he just book uh uh cliff notes all the other movies you know what i mean like i wonder when he watched the deer hunter he got bored at the wedding sequence and then just turned the rest of the movie off i bet you he didn't finish it i bet you he didn't finish it because, I, that has to be the only conclusion because if he did finish it, he w- and he has any sort of legitimate uh, cinephile in him, he would have seen what the point of the wedding scene was and not just written it off as long and boring. Like, how do and you, you got, and you got Christopher Walken and Bobby De Niro there and John Cazale, bro? Like, three charismatic actors, and how do you call that boring, bro? Like, what the fuck? How do you how do you watch a scene where Robert De Niro? And Christopher Walken, after having been traumatized by the horrors of Vietnam, are sitting across each other playing Russian roulette and Robert De Niro putting a gun to his head and saying, I love you before pulling the trigger. How can you say that is boring? Boring. You're fucking stupid. I'm sorry. Like, you have no business writing about movies if you think that's boring. Let alone the fact you didn't even complete the fucking assignment. Like, you... <laughs> You have no business writing about movies. Look, you don't have to like the movie. 
I'm not saying every great movie of all time has to be liked, right? I, I understand that there are people out there that can find something like Citizen Kane boring or something like Casablanca out of, uh, you know, old fashioned. I get that. I get that old movies aren't always for everybody. But to say that it's boring, you're out of your fucking mind. Uh, and the fact that we hold sixth graders to higher standards uh, <laughs> in their homework assignments than this guy was held to is just, it's amazing. It's just amazing. This is just like, this is just, it's, this is, I'm going to sound so old now, but this is like the, the Twitter generation, the hot take generation finally taking hold in like our, our media, right? Like the, nobody does any like research or, or, or comprehensive analysis. They're just like take, giving their hot take in that moment. And that's what I bet he did with like all 92 movies on this list that he, like, I'm sure he watched some of them, like, you know, because he liked them, right? But the other ones that he didn't like were probably like he probably didn't sit and watch the whole thing. He just had a hot take and fucking wrote it down. Dude, it's like I still and and, and to my shame, I must say, I still have not seen all ninety-two best picture winners. Marty being one of them, and I hear it, it's it's an amazing film, right? It's a great movie. It's a yeah. If if I worked for a publication like this and they said to me, okay, your assignment is going to be you have to watch all 92 best picture winners and you have to rank them. I'd be fucking excited, bro. I'd be like, okay, awesome. And I start scheduling them and everything and I, I could take the time to watch them maybe twice and really put the time and effort to write a good article. And this guy was given the same assignment and getting paid for it and he fucking half-assed it. Like he probably half-assed the rest of his life. And and, and you know, handed in that trash. It's just it, 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 it annoys me, bro. Like this guy got paid to do this shit. A hundred percent. This guy got his job for ne- because of nepotism. A hundred percent. This guy is somebody's nephew or somebody's friend or somebody's brother or somebody's uncle or whatever. Like, and again, I'm not saying that it's. I'm not saying. I'm saying him not because I don't think women can be writers. I'm saying because this just smells like a douchey asshole guy. And it might be a douchey asshole girl. I don't know. But like I couldn't find the name on the article. Let's like I'll try again and see, but I couldn't find the name <laughs> on the article. Um but I wonder if the editors hit it like because they knew dude. what they were publishing, you you think, you know? Maybe uh, they hit it on purpose. Maybe. Uh, but, but at that point it's like, you know, if you're already gonna publish the article, like just own it, you know, just put the, the motherfucker's name. <laughs> okay, I did find it. I found his name, uh, Tom Nicholson. So I was right. Oh well, fuck oh, you, Tom, Tom Nicholson. Nicholson. Do you have a social media presence so I can kick your ass? <laughs> All right, he's like this balding thirty-something-year-old dude. Um, he looks like the kind of person who have a shitty hot take. So, uh, well, there you go. Well, well, fuck that article. And so Tom Nicholson, a sincere fuck you. <laughs> fuck, fuck mediocrity. <laughs> That's all I have to say, because like, that's what it is. Like, it's just half-assing his way through life. Not, and just, uh, I mean, again, it just boggles the mind how that even, you know, got published. It's just, whatever, bro. I'm over it. <laughs> I, got, I got my rant out. You got your rant out. Let's, let's move on. Let's talk about the Oscars. Uh, so, you got the list in front of you. Unfortunately, I don't. So, you kind of have to give me a little bit of a refresher on some of these nominees. I don't know if you want to go in order or just pick the important ones, but... uh. Um, Let's get I'll our do predictions the, in. I'll do the top, like, you know, picture, director, actors, um, maybe writing, and then we'll pick a couple here and there. Um, before I go through all the nominees, though, what uh, do we know what the ceremony is going to be like? Because I have actually, I have not been paying any attention. I don't know what the ceremony is going to be like. I don't know if this is the final plan, but the last thing I heard was they're going to do is 
it's a hybrid event. They're gonna do half virtual and they're gonna do like half on location. But I think they're gonna do two different spots. They're gonna do the um, the uh, it's not the Kodak Theater. Anymore. I forgot what it's called now. But the uh, it's the the normal Oscars venue, and then somewhere else. I think somewhere in New York. But uh, like the way they did the Golden Globes. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of a mess. I actually stopped watching like halfway through. Oh, like, after after they uh, they did uh, Daniel Kaluuya, <laughs> they they did him dirty, bro. It, yeah, it was it was a really bad ceremony. I was like, I'm done with this. I'm not watching the rest of it. So, look, I'm gonna I'll, it, I'm not gonna you know Tom Nicholson this thing, right? Like right. I'm gonna like on if I don't finish watching the Oscars, I'm gonna watch like the 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 clips of whoever whoever uh dude i'm bumbling over my words (laughs) (laughs) finish watching the show uh or if i miss anything i'll watch the youtube clips of the winners right and i'll watch their speeches and everything um but like i gotta be honest the the whole the golden globes was a kind of rough to get through so i don't know if i if the if I can sit through the whole Oscar ceremony. Well, I knew, I knew when um, they were cutting to commercial and they saw like Al Pacino half asleep on his couch, bro. <laughs> that's that's what, that's when I knew, like, okay, it's Jody, Jody Foster in her pajamas. It's gonna, which, it's gonna be like this kind of ceremony. <laughs> Got it. Which you know, I kind of respect Jody Foster in her pajamas. Which not for nothing. I'm sure if you know this was there was no COVID, I'm sure Al Pacino would still be falling half asleep at at the table. <laughs> After too many bouts of champagne, but <laughs> what was the was it last year or the, the was it the last year the parasite year where where Scorsese was like so nonplussed about the Eminem performance? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure that was that. All right, so let's look at the uh, best picture nominees. Uh, so we have the Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, overall, I think a pretty decent list. I don't, yeah. even though we I have mentioned with Nomadland, like I think overall this is a, a there's none there's no movie here that I'm like what the hell is this doing here? You know, like Green Book, right? Like yeah. the, this is all like a a decent like even even Nomadland, which I didn't love. Like I I understand why it's there. Like all these are are really very strong movies. Oh, absolutely! I have no qualms with any of these uh, nominees. I mean, I I've yet to see The Father, but all these other ones I've already watched. Well, I either have watched or I'm going to watch already more than once. And uh, there's some really, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, No Man is is the uh, is the favorite, but I don't. I mean, it can really go. It doesn't. It could really go to like promising young woman. Like that's the one I'm kind of rooting for personally because that movie. Like, unfortunately, I couldn't have a theatrical experience with that film. But that first watch of it is like it still gets to me, man. Like that was a really well made film. It just it's it really hit good. the right tones, like emotionally, like it hit the right beats. You know, some people criticize the ending for being like too, I guess, too much of a happy ending, but. Really? Because I thought that ending was bleak as shit. I mean, it was it was really bleak. But I, I mean, I guess you could like, say it, it was... that the the resolution was too like perfect. You know, uh, I guess, I guess. Some people thought. I guess, but it is also a revenge fantasy. So like, that's exactly. But that's um, the one that really spoke to me the most. But like, I really enjoyed Mank. Like, dude, that like, Gary Oldman just can firing like one liners everywhere throughout that movie. Like that that's 
That's a really it, good movie. It's kind of funny how though Mank lost steam. Like when Mank came out, it was like the favorite, and now like nobody's talking about it winning anything. Yeah, I feel like no COVID, it would have been like a really strong contender because like I said to you, and, and it has been pretty apparent in the last few years, like Hollywood loves movies about itself. Like I, I still stand by my prediction that. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood could have won if it wasn't for Parasite. So uh, but that was like a special year. Like, And then Parasite absolutely deserved it. But if that was out of the picture, it definitely would have gone to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But, you know, in a normal year, I feel like Mank would definitely be like the favorite to win this. But now, like, like you said, like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because it's, it's Netflix. And maybe because it's been so long since it's come out. Like, it's already like being forgotten by people. Honestly, from this list, like... If this was like 20 years ago, like the most Oscar Beatty kind of movies on here are Mank and Chicago 7. Like yeah. the, those are the one, the two that like would have been like the favorite like 20 years ago. Right. Um, and I still think Chicago 7 has a shot to win. I think um, so too. Like if it's not Nomadland, I think it'll go to Chicago 7. Um, but it's it's interesting that it's it's kind of this offbeat movie, Nomadland, is the heavy favorite because I feel like Mank and Chicago Seven are the most like Oscar movies. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, um, it's a good list. Uh, like Promising Young Woman, I thought that was excellent. We never got a chance to do a full review on it, but uh, I thought it was absolutely incredible. Um, I you know Carrie Mulligan is my my uh, my choice to pit, to win the Oscars out of all these uh, out of all the contenders but um sound of metal also really good minari i thought was excellent my two favorite out of this list is minari and judas and the black messiah oh, those are my two are favorite so movies good. those are so good um but i mean the rest of them like mank was good promising Woman was good sound of metal was good chicago seven was a little was a little hammy sometimes but good um yeah i this is a really strong list really strong category i really like sound of metal the the middle gets a little bit hard to sit through in one sitting, so I actually have to stop it and then come back to it and finish. But the second watch, I was able to watch, you know, in one sitting. So I guess with me, like with the second viewing, it got better because I kind of already knew where the story was going. But the first watch, like I kind of was starting to doze off in the middle there. But I just what I love about that movie in particular, though, and I'm sure we'll talk about it when we get to some of the technical awards, is the fact that. This movie will probably win best sound for the lack of sound in the movie. It's, yeah. it's just it's so it's so it's gonna be such an incredible development when that happens, bro. It's just it's popping me right now. Yeah, but I think it also happened with um it, I think it happened with gravity too, where I think it won or was nominated for best sound because of the lack of sound. The, the lack movie. of sound in it, bro. That's right. Um, <laughs> You're absolutely right. I might be wrong. I but if if it wasn't if it didn't it's definitely nominated, but yeah, um, but yeah, that w- but it works. It was very effective the way they handled the sound editing in that movie. In, in oh, and that movie. was very uncomfortable too. Not just like the lack of sound in those in so certain scenes, but like the distorted sound. Like you have like uh, like airplane ear, and it's like because I went through that when I went to Dallas for WrestleMania a few years ago. When I got off the plane, I literally had airplane ear for the the rest of the day. Like I went to NXT with airplane ear where I could barely hear anything, but I mean I still had a great time. But because I mean. It, 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 the place was like rocking, so uh, I was able to hear pretty well. But like you have like that muffled sound, and when I heard that in Sound of the Metal, it just brought back those memories. Like oh my god! And, but to imagine somebody having to live with like that forever, 
just kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies, you know? Yeah. It's just very, uh, it, 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 that, that movie spoke to me, too, but. Um, but yeah, any, any other kind of, uh, on these specific Best Picture nominees, any other thoughts? Let's see. Uh, talking about Manka Ready, Promise Young Woman, I think, again, that's the one I'm personally rooting for, because, I mean, that's such a well, well, well-made film. And I, because I, I guess I'll never forget like the uh, the emotion that I got from that ending, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? A Judas and the Black Messiah again, great movie. I love that movie. Um, Lakey Stanfield, awesome. <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya, awesome. It's just really, really well done. I mean, it's that's an actor showcase right there. We Here's have... a question. Sorry, go ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, if you would have been, if you were able to fill out the last two slots, what would you have included that was snubbed here? Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, number one. That's the one that kind of annoyed me that's not there when they have, like, two extra slots. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and The Five Bloods, which is probably still my number one movie of the of last year, but I, still I, I can't really, it. like... I, but, uh, I, I mean, I have a list, but I feel like when we do our recap show next week, I'll be able to, like, finalize it a little bit more because i'll have the father in you know who knows the father might become my favorite movie of the year but uh yeah so we'll, we'll talk about that next week but definitely be the five bloods and ma rainey would be absolutely there uh ma rainey definitely for me and the other one that didn't make it that should i think should have been in there was one night in miami oh that's another one that's yep i mean that's probably if i had an extra 11th slot that'd be in there too yeah. definitely all right uh, let's look on to, uh, let's go to best director. Um, so for the best director, we've got, uh, Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, David Fincher for Mank, and then throwing us a curveball for a movie <laughs> that's not even in the best picture race, Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, which I hear is an excellent movie. I heard it's really good, bro. But it's weird. Boy, it's always weird sure. whenever a movie makes the best director, but not in the best picture race. But again, it's like why? It's like my compl- It's the same complaint I have when the. the but you ex- you explain it though, when the best director wins, but not the best picture. Like a director will win, but not the movie. Like I'll never understand that. But like you, you explain why that happens. You know pretty well I, I so. in previous I, episodes. Yeah, and I think that a lot of it's like. Like some people might like the entire film, right? As like a thing, but like they want to like, but maybe someone took like a lot of chances doing direction and only want to point that out through for the directors, and and that's why they win. It's over the movie uh, itself. Like I don't know. It's it's always a weird thing to see that. It's even weirder when you see the director nominated, but the film itself is not nominated. That's always so weird. Although I do I do think it's nominated in form. Excuse me, international feature film um, this year, but it's still odd that it's not in the in the best picture race and again i hear it's very good um but i haven't gotten to it yet yeah um, i got the email from alamo to to stream that movie and when i saw that the director was up for an oscar i was like hmm i should watch it but then again like i was saying earlier this pandemic fatigue is was kind of just making me feel like Ugh, i'll get to it and then i never got to it um out of this lot i would say the favorite to win is chloe zhao um oh definitely i would I would definitely give it to um, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari out of these five, uh, with the second place for Emerald Fennel uh, for for me. But I think it'll go to Chloe Zhao. Yeah, because again, they're going to take into account the fact that you know this wasn't really like a guerrilla style movie, but the fact that she incorporated the non actors like we talked about earlier, 
you know, kind of just gives it that, like, even though it's a feature, it kind of gives it, like, that documentary feel to it, too. But, again, it's like, like I was saying, at least for me personally, it's trying to strike that balance between kind of a documentary and, you know, a, uh, you know, a nonfiction novel or whatever. And it's not like, it, it was a weird balance for me. But yeah. I, I get why, you know, she would win, though. Um, there's an argument to be made for David Fincher getting, like, the you've been here before and never won kind of, <laughs> win, you know what I mean? And um, the, the Martin Scorsese honorary award, basically. But right? but he hasn't been there as long. He hasn't been, like, there as long as Martin Scorsese has by the time he won it, you know? But, like, there could be, a, there's an argument for, for Fincher winning just because it's like, it's like a Lifetime Achievement Award kind of thing, too. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, let's go. Let's go with the actors. Uh, actor leading role, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey, Anthony Hopkins in The Father, Gary Oldman in Mank, and Stephen Yun in Minari. I oh. have no well, issues with any of these. Um, Wakanda forever, bro. Wakanda forever. Uh, but you got to be happy as a Walking Dead fan to see Stephen Yun in there. Of course, bro. I mean, now listen, I'm not watching it right now. I stopped watching it like two seasons ago, but I mean... <laughs> I'm not getting into it right now. It's just, it's too long. But yes, I'm very happy as the OG Walking Dead fan to see Glenn, still with his eye intact, <laughs> be nominated for an Oscar. It's just, it's really cool. He's excellent in that movie, too. Yes. So good. And, you know, every single one of these performances is great. Like, I mean, The Father, I know you haven't seen it yet. When you see it, that's probably the best thing about The Father is, is Hopkins' performance. Not that it's a bad movie, but it's that is the best thing about it. Um, and it's, But it's also kind of like, I mean, it's Anthony Hopkins. I mean, of course it's going to be a good performance, right? Yeah. Like, it's like Anthony Hopkins gives two kinds of performances, right? If it's like a not serious movie, like a Thor, he goes super hammy, right? <laughs> but if it's like a serious movie, it's like... Give him all the give you know give him all the uh, nominations right like, yeah like when he, like the two popes give him some nominations yeah. Thor just gonna ham it up right yeah. so like that's what you're that's what you get with Hopkins at this point in his career but and and in the father absolutely excellent heartbreaking performance um, but I mean how do you not give it to Chadwick Boseman how do you not of course. I mean, like, I will be, I will throw something at the TV if Chadwick Boseman doesn't win. Not I, that any of these other guys are not deserving. All of these performances are deserving, but Chadwick has to win here. I mean, I don't want to say it was the best performance of his career because he's had done some really, some really good things. I mean, Forty Two. That's one of what. That's a great movie, and because me, I'm such a baseball mark. I just, I, I gravitate toward that film, and he was excellent as Jackie Robinson in that movie. But I will say. That his performance here in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was the best showcase of this guy's range and what he had. And I think that he could have really turned in something amazing, you know, had he still been with us, maybe down the line at some point. And But I think this movie really serves as, like, I don't want to say, like, an introduction because it's not like he's a new act, was a new actor or anything. But, like, this was kind of like a sampling of all the different ranges that this guy can go and, you know, the heights that he can go to. And the fact that that was tragically taken from us is, it, it, I think, it's like the, it's the biggest, it's the biggest part of this too. So yeah, it was like it was like him saying, "I'm like I am more than Black Panther," and not that that was a, that's a bad thing because like he took Black Panther very seriously, like it meant a lot to him in that movie. Right. Um, but it's also like it's like I'm more than just an action hero. Like I, I'm an I'm an actor, and then that was, like that was a great final. Yep. Stamp, 
you know, of on his course. legacy. Like, like, you know, he, he burned hot and bright, you know, and he's going to like leave a, leave a lasting legacy. He's going to do it with this movie. And that's what's uh, going to get him the Oscars. The fact that that last stamp, like you said, that lasting mark that he left was a great one. Yeah. If it doesn't go to him, I'm going to be like, I'm going to lose my mind. But again, I mean, if Riz Ahmed, oh, if, if it's not him, I would prefer it go to Riz Ahmed or Stephen Young because Hopkins and Oldman have one already. Yeah. So I hope it goes to Riz Ahmed or, or Stephen Young if it doesn't go to Ch- Chadwick Boseman, but it's going to go to Chadwick Boseman. It has to. Yeah. Um, and again, like not to, we didn't talk, but Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal was phenomenal. Oh, fantastic. Like, such a great, such a great performance. Like, like I, I kind of mentioned earlier, like I kind of like, I don't want to say I resonated with the character, but like I kind of I felt what he felt, you know, like when, you know, they had the scenes of him like, you know, he's losing it, you know, he's losing his hearing and he's all these series like like muffled sounds. It's like, oh, my God, like I, I just because this is why I can never be a doctor, because even like the, the sight of blood terrifies me. <laughs> and then like stuff like this, like, you know, just reading about like, oh, people going deaf or like with this movie, just kind of them kind of showing us what it feels like to be deaf it's like it really like kind of just gave me goosebumps right and to kind of see like the pain that the guy was going through and like the the depression and you know this this whole like emotional range that he went through like a less talented actor couldn't have pulled that off emotionally for me and Riz Ahmed was amazing and then and I don't want to give out spoilers but basically you know he, he he spends the whole movie trying to get this operation and he gets it but like what ultimately happens at the end after he gets the operation where it becomes almost pointless that he even got it. Yeah. Was, it's just like, it just rips your heart. Yeah, half, you yeah. know? Oh, it's, it's such a the movie is really good. Paul Racy, bro. Like, yeah, we'll get, we'll get <laughs> to him. Look. We'll get to him. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> let's go to uh, leading, uh, actress in a leading role. Uh, Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andre Day for the United States versus Billy Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Frances, Frances McDormand for Nomad Land, and Carrie Mulligan for uh, Promising Young Woman. I think we already talked a lot about Frances McDormand, so we'll kind of leave that there. Um, I have not seen Pieces of a Woman. Uh, I've heard it's good, but I haven't seen it. I think it's a Netflix film. Yeah. Um, but I just haven't gotten to it. Have you? Nope. And again, it, that just it's just my blah attitude about all this right yeah. now, unfortunately. Um, of the rest of these uh, um, uh, categories here, uh, Carrie Mulligan, I, I, out of all these, I want Carrie Mulligan to win because she was fantastic in that film. I think um, I'm right there with you, too. Such a good performance. Um, and in a movie that just kind of kept me like on my toes and what I expected the whole time, you know? Um, Viola Davis and Ma Rainey was excellent. Okay, the United States versus Billy Holiday. So I watched this movie yesterday. Uh, this was, I, this is a bad movie. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a bad movie. Dude. Really? It's not good. Like, let me just get it out of the way. Andre Day's good. She's perfectly good in the film. Um, I didn't know. I know, I know she was a singer. Uh, I didn't know how much about her acting skills, but very good performance in this. Um, yeah, so the movie is supposed to be about how, uh, about the Billie Holiday song Strange Fruit, which is about lynchings in the South and how the government, the FBI wanted her to stop singing the song. And that's what you think it's about. But the movie just doesn't focus on anything. It focuses on that 
It focuses on Billie Holiday's drug addiction. It focuses on her like relationship with an FBI guy. It focuses on her abusive relationships with other people. Um, it focuses on like her career in general. It's like, dude, pick a lane. Like, it doesn't do anything. Like, at the end of the movie, nothing is like not resolved, but like nothing. You have no idea like what you're supposed to feel because like it doesn't really tell you anything. It doesn't like show you. It just shows you a bunch of shit, and then. That's it. Like, there's nothing. There's no story through to it, right? Yeah. Like, there's no watch, like real journey. You're basically saying like they're running in place in a way, right? Like, so there, like, there are two ways to do biopics, right? You can do like the whole, the person's entire life, like something like Walk the Line, right? Or you could do something like Hitchcock, which is like the specific moment in this person's life, right? Um, and it this looked like it was going for the specific moment in that person's life, but then added all this other shit that's like. Okay, what what do you want me to focus on here? Like, there's so many things, there's so many threads here, but you're not like telling me to focus on anything. It's 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 a bad movie. It's really poorly done. Um, good performance and like the it, it like a good like set pieces. It looks very nice. Like you know, it looks like the 1940s and 1930s like Harlem and things like that. So it's very well produced, but it's it's a bad film. Huh, sounds like I dodged a bullet. Yeah, don't worry. I mean, you know what? You can look up some some youtube clips of, of, of her performance to get the idea like it's it, she's yeah. good she's good but this movie is bad it's a bad film huh. um but I'm, I'm voting for carrie mulligan here to win i'm still mad still mad that elizabeth moss got snubbed for the invisible man oh well did, did you really think i mean no i didn't think she was gonna get it like at all like no. i never thought she was gonna get it but like to me that was that was the performance of the year. And that movie was my number one for a long time last year before I started watching actually more stuff. But I think that was like one of the last movies I actually got to see in a theater. I think it was like the week before everything shut down I saw that movie. Oh, so, that would have been fun to see in the theater. I bet like the crowd was good for that. That, that had a really good crowd actually. So yeah, uh, that I never like forever it. ago, man. Yeah, I never expected it, but I, I really wish like someone would have pushed her pushed that nomination on people because it was such a good performance. Um, and I know and, we don't, and this was the year to do it too, with everything kind of like shifting around and like them loosening, like, you know, their, um, what do you call it? Like their, uh, I guess they're not restrictions, but like their, I guess, qualifications, this would have been the perfect chance to kind of try to push her in that direction to see if, if, if they'd bite, you know, maybe do a hard push. Yeah. I guess we, we, we get like one, we got like some, respect for a horror movie like every couple of years we got get out a few years ago and like so it's going to be a dry spell till something else comes along but yeah. Uh, yeah. um but it, it, she's so good in that movie and i really wish she would have people would have recognized it yeah all right let's go uh supporting actor uh sasha baron cohen chicago seven daniel kaluuya Judas and the black messiah leslie odom jr in one night in miami Paul Racy in Sound of Metal and Lakeith Stanfield in Judas and the Black Messiah. How are those two guys not in supporting and not like one of them has to do like Judas is the first name of the guy in the title. Bro. That's it's like, his movie. It's his movie. The movie bro. is how, about him. How is he not best actor? Like, <laughs> like I get Daniel Kaluuya, right? Because like he's not in as much of the film as Lakeith Stanfield. Like, like there's a point where um, his character goes to jail so and you don't kind of see him for a while, and it's just it's just Lucky Stanfield. So like I could see classifying Kaluuya as a, a supporting actor. L this is Lucky Stanfield's movie. This is his movie. How is he not in the best actor category? 
Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe they wanted to squeeze Steven Yeun in or something. Like, I, I really, I don't know. But he should be in Best Actor. Like, it's just, I, I do not understand that. I mean, look, I, I, I said that Anthony Hopkins is great in that movie, in The Father. But he already has an Oscar. I would have, I would have slid in then, uh, Keith Stanfield in that spot. I'm yeah. Just, out of these guys. Um, but it, it's, well, let's just say like both those guys, fantastic performance in this film, in that film. Um, I mean, uh, actually I, every single one of these performances is fantastic. Sasha Baron Cohen was really good. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. was excellent in, mm-hmm. in, in Night in Miami. And Paul Racy was like, Oh God, Paul Racy, bro. Came out of nowhere. And I'm just like, holy shit, this performance, right? Like I thought, I thought for sure when I was, when I looked it up, when I looked them up, it was just going to be some dude that they got, but he's like a legit actor. That's like, yeah, that's been around like this character actor. He does a lot of stage work and things like that. I thought he was just like some guy like, Oh, they found some, some guy who can do sign language that can do some acting, but like, no, he's a, a legit actor. And Holy crap. Was he good? Man, that guy will rip my heart out, bro. Oh <laughs> man. You know, last scene I'm talking with, about. Yeah. That last scene with him and Riz Ahmed oh, when man, he's yeah. like telling them about like, you know, you have to go. Like I was yeah. like, oh, that was rough. That was a rough watch there. Because you could tell, like, again, we're not gonna get into into it that much, but it's like you can tell, like, the character, bro. What was his name? Like, I think Joe. I think I yeah, forget. Something real, uh, I think it was Joe, but like he, uh, you could see the heartbreak in his eyes, bro. Obviously, because you know the guy's deaf. Like in his eyes, you could see the heartbreak and having to say you. You have to leave now. <laughs> it's because he's just so disappointed, and it's like, dude, you want to rip my heart out right now? It's just, damn, like that was that was such a good performance there, especially in that scene. Both of those I, guys. I have a, I have like a, like I think he's gonna pull an upset here. I think he's gonna. You think? Pull an upset. Over uh, Daniel Kaluuya, bro. <laughs> I think he's gonna remember that year that um, what's his name came out over over so much Stallone for for Creed. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, um, God. Who was? Uh, Mark, was uh, Eddie, not Eddie Redmayne. No, it wasn't him, right? It was somebody else. Mark. Uh, uh, oh, Mark Rylands. Mark Rylands. Thank you. Um, yeah. Like it where it was like a, this huge upset. Like, I think it's going to happen here. Like this guy's this guy's come out. He's going to come out of nowhere and like take out the favorite. Like, that's what's going to happen. That's my that's my that's my guess. Oh, see that one. I mean, I love Mark Rylands, but that pissed me off. And then the Sean Penn over Mickey Rourke pissed me off. All those years ago, too. I'll never forget those. Yeah, Mark Rylance is really good in Chicago Seven too. I'm surprised he didn't get yes. some, some nomination in here too. But um, that, I mean, that was a really good acting film as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is a really strong category. I think this might be the strongest acting category is the supporting role um, because every single one of these is so freaking good. Like even Cohen, Sasha Baron Cohen, I was like, I was really surprised how good he was in that film. Yeah. All right, so let's go to supporting actress. Uh, we got uh, Maria Bakalova in Borat. Glenn nice. Close in. Oh, by the way, did you see the the official nominations? With, and they had to keep saying Borat subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bribe to America. Oh, <laughs> I, I was I was sitting next next to Joe, and I'm like, dude, do they have to read the entire freaking? They kept title? reading the entire title every time. It was so hilarious. Uh, but Maria Bakalova in Borat, Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman in the father amanda seyfried in mank and uh yu jung yu jung yoon in minari uh yu jung yoon i think is the grandmother character in that movie um and right. she was awesome oh, she, <laughs> she was yeah, awesome she was, good. she was really good <laughs> ding um, dong broke him bro <laughs> <laughs> 
good thing oh, yeah. we don't have that problem. But uh, and really, like, really two different performances too. Like the like the first half, she's like this really funny performance, and the second half is this really sad performance. But uh, yeah. really good performance. Um, I think that's what got her the nomination is the fact that literally in the first half it's one performance, and then the second half is completely different. Yeah, but but you buy it though. You know that that's that takes talent from an actor. Um, I'm really glad to see that Maria Bakalova got in here for just a pure comedy performance. Like it's not, it's not, you know, like a, a dramatic thing or like, a you know, drama mixed with a little comedy. It's like pure comedy, like in this, in this role. And I, 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 I appreciate whenever they give, like whenever they give recognition to a comedic performance, because she was really funny in the, in that, in that role. But they um, couldn't really recognize Elizabeth Moss for a horror movie. Like, no, yeah. you know, <laughs> Uh, Bibliology, I haven't seen. I'm probably not going to because I just keep hearing so many bad things about it. Um, and the uh, Olivia Coleman's excellent in The Father, um, yeah. but I think she like she uh, she already has one. And she has one already, and it's like it's good, but I you know I don't know if it's better than these other ones. And Amanda Seyfried and Mank was really good too. So She's this good. is I don't know who's going to win here. Yeah, that this one is a genuine toss up, I think, because like none of them really have like it, I don't want to say that none of them have momentum, but it's like none of them is really coming out as a front runner as far as like who's going to take it. So like, my personal like my personal choice would be Maria Bakalova as like the underdog. And if not her, like Amanda Seyfried. But there's a part of me that's like Glenn Close has been there a lot. This might be her. Uh, her Mars Corsese award. <laughs> you know, this might be her. This might be her. Um, uh, what's the, her uh, lifetime achievement award? Uh, well, I, I have we'll a feeling. see what happens. I mean, you you could very well be uh be uh, onto something there. All right. Um, let's do writing real quick. Uh, let's get down here. Uh, so adapted screenplay. Uh, Borat, The Father, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, and The White Tiger, which I have no idea what that is. Yeah, me either. Um, probably I'm going to say Nomadland wins this, just because I think it's going to win a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's pretty much a safe bet for that one. Yeah. Um, and then, although I could see it going to The Father, I could be, mm. like it might be one of those, like, you know... We're not going to give it actors. We might give it screenplay instead. Because <laughs> uh, you got to look at it like that. Sometimes people vote like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, original screenplay, you got Judas and Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and Chicago 7. If I was picking Ooh. it, I'd go with Promising Young Woman. Um, but I have a feeling it's going to be Chicago 7. And well, like you said, that could be the, oh, here, Aaron. You know, here's your, here's your Oscar, even though we're not going to give you anything else. Then again, hey. he already has an Oscar, though. That's true. That's so true. maybe give it to, I don't know. Out of these, I think the best. I would script... say Sound of Metal or Promising a Woman should get this. I mean, yeah. personally. That's, I, would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, any other categories you want to take a quick look at? Visual effects is always kind of fun. Let's see what they have here. Uh, well, there's no Marvel movie to put there, unfortunately. No Marvel movie. <laughs> um, Love and Monsters, which I haven't seen. The Midnight Sky, which I haven't seen. Oh, Mulan, which I haven't seen. Oh, my God. The one and only Ivan, which I haven't seen. I don't and even know Tenet, what that is. Which I did see. Um, Wait, what was the oh, last one? Tenet. Oh, oh, Tenet. Oh, God. I, I feel uh, like Tenet wins this one. Either it'll be Tenet or Mulan just because they were the two biggest movies. Uh, I and mean, we still really haven't talked about Tenet here, too. And it's just... I mean, I... 
listen, I said to myself, because remember, Tenet was the last time I went to the movies because it was in September. I, I literally followed Christopher Nolan's advice and said, you have to see this in a movie theater. So I went in September at the risk of my life to go see this fucking movie, Tenet, bro. Couldn't hear half of it. And then I'm like, you know what? I have to go back, maybe get those little, you know, um, uh, closed caption gimmicks from like the box office and watch it that way so I can understand what they're saying. Never went back, bro. Because I was just like, you know what? I'll just wait for the Blu-ray. I bought the Blu-ray. Remember I told you with that first, uh, that $600 stimulus? I was like, you know what? First thing I'm going to do, I'm going to buy Tenet. Because it's Nolan. I always collect the Nolan movies. It is still in the fucking wrapper, bro. I have not opened it. <laughs> so I watched it. Um, I bought it blind buy because I like Nolan movies in general. And um, I didn't have a problem with the sound. Like, the sound was fine for me. Um, now, like... One thing I will say, I watched it at home on my own yeah, personal, exactly. like, there you know, you go. where I could customize everything to myself, right? And right. I could put on subtitles if I wanted to. Um, but I didn't need, like, I didn't need it. Like, I thought it was fine. Um, I will say I benefited from watching at home because I could pause it every now and then and go, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 because I was, like, trying to wrap my head around, like, Okay, so if they're going forwards in time here, but they're going backwards in time over here, then does that mean that, you know, so like that one was really, this is like Nolan, gotta give the man his props. Uh, yeah. Warner Brothers gives him a lot of money to do whatever the fuck he wants. He gets an A because, for effort here, bro. Because I was like, okay, I'm not stupid, but I'm, I'm, I need to like, stop and think about what they're saying here because I'm not getting it. I have to like stop and visualize exactly how they're saying things are happening because if I don't stop, I'm not going to get the rest of the movie. Like, especially that last like action sequence. I'm just like, well, the I, I was okay up until the car chase thing. Like when I got to the car chase thing, I was like, okay, hold on. <laughs> hold on a second. What? <laughs> you know, like the second half of the car chase thing, when he goes back, that's when I was like, I, I don't, I'm not following this. I have to, I have to stop it and think about this right now. Dude, this bastard, Christopher Nolan, bro, made me doubt my analytical skills as, as a cinephile, bro, because I'm sitting there and I'm just like so freaking confused. I mean, it, it could be because I couldn't hear half the thing, but then I'm like, I'm watching like, the car chase scene and I'm just like, wait, how is that possible again? I'll, like, I haven't been, and I've been paying attention to the movie and it's just, I still can't, I couldn't understand that. And it's like, I'm sitting there afterwards going home, and I'm like, I was able to understand Annihilation on the first viewing, bro, and I had all these, like, theories and analysis about, like, what that movie means, and fucking Tenet is breaking my fucking brain, and it's like, it made me question myself, bro. Fuck Nolan for that. <laughs> but I will say, though, I will say, though, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it for doing that. Like, I was, I was, like, pleasantly surprised that like, and I'm not trying to sound like a patting myself on the back, but I'm pleasantly surprised that like, it, like a mainstream movie made me stop and think about it for a while because I was like, I really was like, I, I don't, I'm trying to figure out how this is working. And I, I haven't revisited it yet, but like, I feel like upon revisiting, I'm going to like it more. But like on the first revisiting, like, excuse me, on the first visit, I was like, I liked it, but my confusion stop me from like loving it so like i think i need to watch a few more times to like 
fully grasp it to get like my final opinion on it. Other than like that said, it's not my favorite Nolan movie. It's probably like middle of the road, but um, right. but it's I have to applaud his balls. You know, I have to applaud like his fuck it. I'm gonna do what I want, and you just have to catch up. And he's earned the way to, to do that. So like I don't even shit. I can't. The right to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to just make this crazy off the walls uh, action flick and you're just going to sit there and take it. You know, like I, I applaud him for that because he's earned it. He earned the cred. Yeah. So so, I mean, I get why this left a lot of people like confused and like not liking it. Totally understand it. But I thought it was a really as far as like on the surface, like an action sci fi movie. Totally fun. Um after that, I have to like dig a little deeper to like totally get it. So and and then may talk to me in like a year to see what I think of it, right? Because yeah. like it's it's gonna take a couple rewatches. But um, out of these, you know, I, Tenet and Mulan are the only ones that I think have a shot. Like I've never even heard of the actually I have heard of the Midnight Sky, but I I don't know anything about the other two. Yeah. All right. Any other major categories you want to go over? Uh, let me see. Uh, well, first. Uh, run by me the uh, the songs. Oh, let's see here. Song, 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 song. All right, so there's Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah. That's a good song. Okay, Hear My Voice from Chicago 7. It's a good song. Husavik from Eurovision Song Contest. What the fuck? That's that movie with Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig on Netflix. I don't know. I don't know. Um, wait, wait, that movie has Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig and it's on Netflix? Yeah, <laughs> I'm literally just hearing about this for the first time. Yeah. It's like a comedy, yeah. Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga. That's the, that's the movie. Oh my god. Uh, IOC scene from the life ahead. What? And yeah, it's a French or um, not French. I think it's a um, Italian film with uh, okay. Sophia Loren. Okay. And speak now from One Night in Miami. Oh, that's a great song. I, mean, I think I'm gonna vote for that one. Speak now, I think is the is the real winner here. I think the one from Chicago Seven is kind of hand, like. It's a little cheesy, um, but I would say the fight for you is really good. Speak now is really good. I can't speak for the other ones. Um, I, I'm kind of annoyed that Wuhan flu didn't get in there. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like that's the last thing they want to bring up, and an Oscar is going to be half hybrid, bro. Come I'm on. Saying, it would have been funny. It would have been like when they nominated to blame Canada, right? Like it should have gotten in there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, those are uh, I w- I would say speak now. That that's a really great song and re- and a really great moment in the movie too. Uh let me think. Uh run by me the uh editing. Let's see editing. The Father, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal and The Trial of Chicago 7. Ooh, that's kind of hard. I you know what? I kind of like just off the top of my head probably Sound of Metal, but I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe No Man Land also. You know but... what? The, when you see the father, it's actually really good. It, it's a really good uh, example of editing because I don't want to spoil it for you, but there's a lot of like it messes with time a lot, so okay. it, it does it does require a lot of like skilled editing. So I can see why it got nominated here. Um, Sound of Metal, I think you're right, is going to take it. Yeah, that that was that was some really good stuff there, uh, and then Run by Me cinematography. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Let's see. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the World, Nomadland, and Chicago 7. 
Mank, Mank. That's that's my first one uh, that that came to my yeah. head. Probably that one. That or Nomadland because of the landscape scenes. Like those, all that was really well shot. So. Yeah, I, I would say those are probably the two favorites. I I want to side with Mank just because uh, it was really. I'm a sucker for black and white, you know. So and, and I'm a sucker like, for black and white and cigarette burns when they didn't even need to be there. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I my votes with Mank uh, from but it might be No Man Land too. Um, Judas was really good too. It looked really nice too. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of this anything that that they that got left out that I would have put in there. Um, let me think. Actually, I would have put Tenet in there. Tenet looked really nice. Um, but yeah, I think most of these are. This, this is a good. This is a good category. I thought uh, you know what I would have put the five bloods for cinematography also because when you get around to seeing that, a lot of the landscape there is really it's really well shot. Um, I know that the five bloods got something. Let me see where it is. They know it got a, one nomination. <laughs> <laughs> to I'm so pissed uh, about that. Oh, it got original score. Um, it's in there with Mank, Minari, News of the World, and Soul. And it's oh, gonna Soul's getting that, bro. Oh, come on, bro. It's gonna lose to Soul. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna lose to Soul. Come on, bro. Look at our, our boy John Baptiste from Stay Human, bro. Of course he's gonna get that with with uh Reznor and Ross, bro. Yeah. And Reznor and Ross double nominees for Mank as well. So yeah. That's uh, not 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 uh, not too bad to be them right now. Um, I can't speak for the other for news of the world, but yeah, it's pro- it's gonna go to Seoul. I mean, there's no yeah, and, and don't even tell me the animated because it's, it's gonna go to Seoul. Like that's just a waste of time. <laughs> don't even read me the rest. It's a Pixar year, you know. The only time Pixar doesn't win is whenever Cars is a is the only movie they released. <laughs> yeah, well, those movies suck, so I don't blame them for <laughs> not winning. I think the only animated movie I saw on the list is Soul. Oh no, I saw Onward. I saw Onward. Um, Onward the... was nice, but it got completely overshadowed now by Soul. So yeah, Onward was good. I think it, Onward it, was yeah. Well, that was one of my last theatrical experiences as well. I feel bad for it because Soul was so good. <laughs> like it got like. It just got steamrolled by by yeah. its own company, but um, Soul is really good. Who's getting the uh, Who's getting like the the Lifetime this year? I forget what that award is called. But I don't know if it's oh, a Lifetime you know Achievement what? Award. I don't have that in front of me. The so. honorary Oscar. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can look that up. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, because I think I... for the Globes, the the Cecil went to uh, Jane Fonda. I think right. Yes. All right. The Governor's Awards, uh, the Gene Herschel Humanitarian Awards, is only one person this year, and that is Tyler Perry for Ooh. his active engagement with philanthropy and charitable endeavors in recent years, including efforts to address homelessness and economic difficulties faced by members of his community. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically the Titus O'Neill Award, bro. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't like his movies, but he seems like a good dude. Um, let's see. Is there anything? Apparently, we're also going to get we're going to be getting uh, major trailers during the um, during the uh, ceremony. We're going to get the trailers for West Side Story and for In the Heights. Well, I mean, I've already seen a trailer for In the Heights pre-COVID, which I mean, it looked interesting enough. Uh, I'm again West Side Story. Just uh, I don't know. I'll I'll watch a trailer and then I'll judge. For now, it's just but you know how I feel about remakes. 
Uh, I don't know. It doesn't bother me as much just because it's like whenever it's already because West Side Story was already an adaptation of a Broadway play. Yeah. Or Broadway show, I should say. So like when it's an when it's a new adaptation of another medium, like it doesn't bother me. But when it's just like a straight up like this was an original movie first and we're just going to do it again. That's what bothers me. I don't know why. It's a stupid. It's a stupid like uh, distinction to make, and, and it's totally, you know, arbitrary. But I, I don't know. It just it doesn't bother me as much. I don't know. Why. Yeah, I mean, pers- me for me personally, I just love that West Side Story so much that it's like you know, it's almost like it to me. Even though this is not not equivalent, it's like to me they're remaking The Godfather. Like I just I love West Side Story that much that it's like any attempt to remake it is just like fuck you. You know, but anyway, can I say something somewhat controversial? Yeah. If they, I like, I like West Side Story. I'm not going to bury West Side Story, but I watched it recently. When was it? Uh, a couple months ago. I don't remember why. Um, and there's a there's a chunk in like the third act that could probably be edited out, <laughs> like that that Stay Cool song. It's I love that song. Come on, bro. Take it out of gem. <laughs> That song can go. <laughs> no, no, it cannot. No, no. F you for saying that. That's a great fucking song. <laughs> That's when I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go take a leak. Like, <laughs> uh, oh, no. the same song that the fucking Gap stole for their commercial, like tw- uh, thirty years later. <laughs> Come on, the best song is America. That's the best song. Oh, of course, <laughs> there's a lot of great songs in that. Um. No, that's a good movie. It's a it's a great movie. I don't know what what, what to think about. Uh, I'll 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 save my judgment for the trailer when I see it. It's it's just it's one of those like, like it doesn't bother me, but it's also it, that it's being remade. But it's also kind of one of those things like, why? <laughs> like we we have one. It's good. Like we don't need another one. It's yeah. it's fine. You know. <laughs> like why are we making this? Well, one of the other things I heard about as far as the ceremony itself goes is that they are going to do portions like cinematic style, a.k.a. the Boneyard match from WrestleMania. So if they do it like that, that's kind of wacky. Uh, I don't, okay, I, it'd be interesting to see how they do that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like That's something I, I don't know if that's going to be the final plan, but I heard they were thinking about like doing certain portions of the show cinematic style. So, I mean, I don't know what that's going to look like, but is I there mean, if it's... Are there going to be any nominees sitting at home in their pajamas? Because that's what I'm here for. Probably. <laughs> Unfortunately, Jodie Foss is not nominated, so we won't know if she is or not. She, she probably she, is. She won't be, she be able to see it. Yeah, she won't be sitting there in her pajamas and her dog. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be here for whenever like the, the team for you know best short animated film is going to be sitting there in their, in their like basement or something. Um, <laughs> All right. So those, oh. are, those are our major predictions there. I, 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 we didn't kind of drain the entire list, but I think those are all the ones I think we, we really kind of care about. I think the other only, only one I think we talked about already was sound. We pretty much think that it doesn't even matter what else is nominated. I'm pretty sure Sound of Metal will get it. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. I think we're done. It's an interesting list of movies. I, I it's a, it's weird because we, we said it. It was a good year, but it's. I think we just are. are we have the 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 curse of of covid like malaise or something you know like where it's just hard to care yeah i mean and, and it's not just affecting this like i said earlier it's affecting a lot of stuff in my life unfortunately and it's something i kind of just have to kind of fight 
to get over. You know, I'm sure you're going through something similar. I'm, we're not the only ones. I'm sure a lot of people are going through that, too, in their lives. So let's just hope that <laughs> this bullshit comes to an end sooner rather than later. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know what? Before we go, and this is kind of an aside, but I do kind of have to get I, – I kind of saw some of your thoughts on Facebook, but we haven't talked about it here yet. But I do want to say one thing, though. And – so here's what I did uh, about it was last month. Yeah, it was last month. So I miss Alamo so much that I went on YouTube and I created my own pre-show for a movie. So I literally, because this is literally all Alamo does. They take, you know, clips from YouTube, whether it's like old trailers that are, or old commercials about toys or cereals or whatever, bro. Or like old Japanese commercials featuring RoboCop, <laughs> which are apparently real things. And they just, they combine it into a 30-minute Alamo pre-show. So I was like, what movie deserves this treatment that I can kind of just go through YouTube, find, you know, clips, and just, you know, kind of create my own playlist? There was one movie that made me do that. I'm going to send, like, I don't know. Maybe I can send you like a link to the playlist so you can kind of just kind of scroll through it on your own. But there's one movie that made me do that last month. Do you want to guess which one that was? Is it a new movie or an older movie? New movie. Is it Kong Godzilla? No, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, that's right. Um, I don't know. What, what was it? Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, right. Oh, my God. That happened. <laughs> I forgot that happened. <laughs> and, and I did, and brother, I did the full theatrical experience with the, with the subwoofer speakers, the big screen. Um, I took the 15-minute intermission that Zack Snyder said after part four. So, <laughs> and you know what? I kind of liked it, bro. Believe it or not, I enjoyed the hell out of that four-hour movie. You know, it's good. It's not Lawrence of Arabia, but it was an enjoyable four-hour experience. Yeah, it was. It was like I saw that movie, and I was like, "Okay, what the hell happened with the with the first? It's a new movie. Like, there's like it really is. There's like ten percent of the footage from the other one is in this movie. Like, what? What the fuck happened? You know, because it's like this they. They made an entirely new film. Like, yeah, a lot of the, some of the plot is similar, right? Like, a lot of the plot is similar, yeah. but it's completely different angles, completely different like side stories, completely different takes of acting. Like, none of that stupid mustache thing. Um, like, <laughs> completely different movie. You're just like, what? Like, things got really out of hand that they that they literally just made another movie from the existing footage. Holy no, crap! I I don't know. I don't know if this was me just having such a low bar for this movie that I ended up just, I don't want to say loving it, but I really, really, really enjoyed this movie because Man of Steel, I'm kind of blah with now at this point. I hated Dawn of Justice. And I it's think like, does. I just had a, such a low bar for this movie, bro. And then maybe that's why I, I, I really, really enjoyed it as, as much as I did. But I mean, it really kind of is just, you know, on, on its own, just a fun movie all, all around. So it is fun, and it, it really got to give re- credit where credit is due. It did redeem. Um, it did redeem like some of the DC extended universe films. You know what I mean? Like, um, so like 
I don't think now, of course, all the nerds are like, restore the state of Earth, hashtag, but whatever. Um, we'll see if that happens, but I never say never now because they managed to get this done. So, um, but yeah, it, it was fun. It was a fun film. I, for, I mean, I did forget that happened because it was like, I felt, I feel like a month ago is like three years ago at this point, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, that was, it was, it was totally entertaining, totally, uh, totally watchable, way better than that, uh, than the Joss Whedon one. Um, no stupid Russian family that, <laughs> um, and, and bro, those four hours, like I was surprised how much they just flew by. Like I, I will say though, the, the, the tacked on thing at the end with the dream was stupid. I didn't like that. Um, yeah. I mean, it, I almost kind of tried to explain it away. Like, Oh, well, you know, even though Superman is back, you know, well, Bruce still has his doubts as to whether, like, you know, he could one day, like, turn evil or whatever. And I was like, but they, they didn't really give us, like, a, sto- a storyline reason for him to still think that way. So it kind of did feel, like, tacked on. But it, yeah. was, it was literally just to bring Jared Leto back. Jared Leto. So, um, but, I mean, this little cameo was kind of fun, though. We live in a society. Anyway. Well, he did not uh. say in the movie, bro. <laughs> it was just the ultimate troll job. They teased it like in the weeks leading up. They teased that he was going to say that. I think there was even a clip that he did say it, but he didn't say it in the movie. They just took that line out, and Snyder goes, "Oh, that was just for promotion. I didn't intend to put that line in there." Like, what a fucking, <laughs> what a fucking cardi. Um, but I, I will say, you know, uh, I'm I'm glad for for Zack Snyder that he got his creative vision out there. Um. You know, from from all, from all, everything I hear, he's a nice guy. So, and you know, he did have to deal with a lot. I think his, you know, his, with his one of the main reason he left Justice League was because his um daughter committed suicide. I think yeah. right. So, um, you know, and from all intents, from everything I hear, like whatever you think about his movies, apparently he's a really great dude. So I'm glad that he got to finish his his uh his his vision. Um, but let's let's be done with it now. Let's move on. Let's like. It happened, guys. We got the movie. Let's let's move on now. Like, you know. Yep. Take take the win. You know. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, well, I meanwhile, guess... Star Wars nerds are like, well, it worked for them. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, I just wanted to bring that a little side up because, like, we haven't done a show, you know, like what six weeks. So, uh, I felt at least we. Ought to mention it because I think it deserves a little bit of attention. But totally. Anywho, uh, I think we're done. Uh, that's going to wrap up this episode of Force Perspective. Uh, any questions, comments, or feedback, send an email to fpmpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on the show at fpmoviepodcast on Twitter. You can also join our Facebook page. I think it's facebook.com slash the Force Perspective Movie Podcast. Or just search for Force Perspective, it'll come up on your search box. And you can follow me on Twitter at SportsGuy505. I really don't post tweets. I'm pretty much just a retweet machine when I'm on there. Uh, so uh, you can follow me for all that nonsense. Uh, Adolfo, you want to plug your stuff? Yeah. Um, EssentialFilmsPodcast.com is the website. Um, the uh, this Man, I'm so, I suck at this right now. <laughs> uh, you can find the Essential Films Podcast on iTunes and any other um, Spotify, Amazon podcast, any other kind of uh, podcast outlet, including I've never heard of. Um, and um, yeah, the last episode we did was the last picture show, which is still sitting unedited on my laptop because kind of like we were alluding to at the beginning of this podcast, I've just had 
not the energy to to get into it. But I'll I'll get that out soon. And then and, um, and, and not for nothing, bro. Like Lawrence of Arabia. Normally, I can step through that in one sitting. I can barely get through a half hour right now, and I like that movie. Like I really like. But it's like I get I get through a half hour, and then I start dozing off. It's just this freaking malaise, bro. Like I just I just want to get over it at this point. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll do the, the next episode. Will be on um, Lawrence of Arabia, um, which is an excellent film. Uh, but uh, despite, <laughs> I, I actually watched it in two sittings too. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. Oh, no, bro, I needed like three sittings for this last like rewatch. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are my those are my. Uh, oh, and I will do my essential film awards soon when I when I finish watching the, all the movies I want to watch. Um, but yeah, that's it. Now I'm rarely on Twitter now anyway. Like when I go, I'm just kind of just scrolling through stuff. Like half of my dude, half of my uh no. So here's here's how it's set up right now, at least with, with the people that I follow. Half is politics, twenty-five percent is movies, and twenty-five percent is wrestling. So leave it to me to kind of just scroll through Twitter randomly one day, and of course you're arguing with some asshole who thinks we're in a wrestling mood because fucking AEW has 1.2 million viewers now <laughs> because NXT moved to Tuesdays and it's like bro 1.2 million is a fucking wrestling boom fuck motherfucker they were getting like 8 million viewers in 98 that was a fucking wrestling boom between both companies and 1.2 million with one company is a wrestling boom get the Get the fuck out of here. Clean the Cheetos off of your beard, bro. It's just because, dude, the, the AEW. Because of Kenny Omega, bro. <laughs> and the Young Bucks. Don't get me started, dude. That's a topic for another podcast, those two. Uh, but, but no, AEW fans are, are like, they're they're like the kind of people that are just like, they just can't accept any criticism for that for that company at all. And like, look, I want it to succeed because I want another brand out there. But like, it's. Like the same kind of shit that they would criticize WWE for, they like praise, right? Like, uh, it's just whatever. It's awful. Like, I, I can't watch that. <laughs> like, and, and I know there's a lot of good stuff that does happen on there, but there I just, is. I, there I, is. and there are talented people on that show and everything. And I'll, I'll watch clips and stuff, but like, when your top guy is Kenny Omega, I'm, it turns me off. It really does. I cannot stand him. Like, and it's not, oh, he's a heel. He's doing his job. No, no, no. Couldn't stand him. Couldn't stand him when he was a babyface. Couldn't stand him in Japan. Couldn't stand him any point. Well, fuck it. Uh, fuck it. Okada carried his ass, bro, in Japan. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, those Okada matches. Yeah. He was fucking worse than Okada. My, my, my daughter could have a great match with Okada. Like, it's... It, once he was out of Okada matches, nothing has been that impressive to me. Like, I know people point to other stuff, and it's like, okay, that's fine. But to me, he's just not that impressive. He's a good athlete, but he's not a good wrestler. I'm sorry, he just isn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, I don't, I, don't get the, I don't get the hype with any of those. Like, the Young Bucks, uh, Kenny Omega. Is just, I mean, okay, like, they have talent, they're athletic, but it's like, oh, and here's, they don't wow me. You know? Here's the other thing. The second you say anything bad about Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks, people immediately assume like that you're like, like you just say WWE, bro. You're on the, the payroll. No, right? one two. You're on the WWE payroll, or oh, how much of a Jim Cornette's podcast you've been listening to? It's like you know, people can have opinions oh, that are on, the same. Bro. Like people can have opinions that are the same and not like be like, you know what I mean? Like it's just because just because Jim Cornette hates them too doesn't mean that like my point is invalid. And you know what I mean? It's just fucking stupid. 
Like they hate like Jim Cornette so bad that like you you don't even have to bring up his name. They'll just bring him up for you. Like it's like, dude, I'm no one's talking about Jim Cornette but you. But <laughs> well, Kenny Omega's a mainstream star. Like aren't he's, I, I, I mean it's like, you know, you're see, are, aren't you seeing him like, you know, in movies and like on TV shows and guest starring on sitcoms and on Nash Bridges like Steve Austin did? <laughs> That Nash Bridges, that's a deep cut right there. But uh, yeah, but uh, but but don't you see Kenny Omega everywhere? Like he's a mainstream star, Dolph. Like the biggest star in that company is Jericho, uh, he, followed by followed by Moxley, uh, because he was Dean Ambrose. Followed by Big Show, who's just an announcer now. Followed by Tony Schiavone. Followed by Jim Ross. Followed by Christian. Like all these guys who have name value from other places. Two of them are announcers. Like are more are bigger stars than Kenny Omega. I'm sorry because more people know those people. I mean, I would even put Cody over like Omega. And Cody, Young, like, totally. Yeah. Cody's a bigger star. Yeah. Basically, anybody who's in the WWE is a bigger star than Kenny Omega, like, that's on that roster. And I know people don't like to hear that. I'm sorry, but it's true. Like, right now, like, I mean, on that show, like, it's not even those guys. The guy I mark out for that's not, like, a WWE guy or an ex-WWE guy, I should say, is, like, Darby Allen. Like, I like that guy. That guy, that, that guy has it with me. So, um... Yeah, he's, and it, he's kind of small though. Like he's, he's just small kind of though. Like, yeah, but I don't know. Like he, I guess he just has that like, it factor for me. Like that kind of like natural charisma. Like the, the kind of that dark broodiness. That I don't. I'm just into the character. I guess. I like Jungle Boy. I think he's okay. Jungle Boy's cool. Um, I, I hate that stupid dinosaur guy he hangs out with. <laughs> Luchasaurus. And I hate and I hate the fucking little midget that he hangs out with. But um, other oh, than that, Marco Stump, bro, that they got a cell phone, <laughs> bro. Someone like someone asked someone like uh, got into an argument like, well, people sell for Rey Mysterio. You can't make that fucking. You, you, come on, Rey bro. Mysterio's a fucking don't legend. Don't be a fucking mark. Like Rey Mysterio is a fucking legend. Okay, and you know what? When people were sell, at least when like before Rey Mysterio got all jacked up on steroids, like back in like the nineties when he was like quick. You know why people sold for him? Because like even though he was small. His offense was quick and lightning fast, and he used his legs, and he flew everywhere. So, like, you could kind of perceive, like, yeah, maybe it's, like, if a big guy got a hold of him, he'd kill him. But, like, you could see him exactly. moving quick enough that, like, he could, he could, you know, take somebody down. But, like, Marco Stutt is just some little jobber who, like, who's barely five feet tall. Like, no, I'm sorry. No. Exactly. And, and despite all that potential from Rey Mysterio, Kevin Nash still long daughtered him into a fucking truck, like a jabroni, bro, because that's just what's going to happen with a smaller guy. Like, yeah, you know? and then. And then the other thing they will go, oh well, Rey Mysterio won the World Heavyweight Championship. Did you see how they booked Rey Mysterio after he won the World Heavyweight Championship? Uh, they booked him like a guy who couldn't win, <laughs> because uh, everyone was bigger than him. Exactly. Like, come on, don't give me that bullshit. Uh, we, got, we got into a tangent there, man. We we, we got into we way into a tangent there, but um, that was that was. I don't even remember what started it all. Like I, I, I honestly don't even remember what, what the whole. Oh, you know, you know what it is. So I, I scroll. I, yeah, because I have no life right now. I, I scrolled up all the way, right? And apparently, it was this guy that goes like, "Oh, I forgot what the, what the exact wording was." But basically, he said, "You know, you can't sit there and tell me that that Kenny Omega is not a a, a good wrestler or something. No matter like something like that. Like basically, he's like, you can't sit there despite you know." In spite of all his matches, you can't sit there and see that Kenny Omega is not a good wrestler. And I think somebody commented, and then you cop, you replied to them or whatever. Uh, so, something I, like that. I, I really 
shouldn't get into some of these things sometimes. Like, I really shouldn't. But sometimes I'm just like, people have such garbage takes. I have to be like, no, no, that's stupid. (laughs) You were objectively wrong on this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, marks, bro. <laughs> I like that that Raven gift from from ECW. Like, what a mark! <laughs> That's my go-to for a lot of this shit. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, that, that that was some tangent, bro. But uh, all right, Oscar tomorrow. Uh, um, just just real quick before we get out of here, just and I do mean real quick. Just you expecting anything from the ceremony itself, not from the winners or anything, but like anything wacky you expect. Like, are you expecting the cinematic Oscars? Or I, I don't even know what to expect from these cinematic things. Like I don't, I don't even, I can't even like perceive it. Like I can't conceptualize it. You know what I mean? So, uh, you you know what? I gotta be honest. I expect a train wreck. I, I I don't think anybody has mastered the live event format in this era. You know what I mean? Like I don't think anybody has done it yet. So I think it's just gonna be kind of a disaster. Yeah, I mean, if the Golden Globes were anything to go by, I think that's the direction we're headed. So, but you know what? It'll be a fun train wreck if, if that. So, and I think that's a good note to end on. So, with that, on behalf of Adolfo, I am Mark Sports Guy Five One Five. Thank you very much for joining us, and until next time, we are out of here.
gold medal, first place, what I gotta do. Hard work, dedication, never quitting. Now you're looking at a champion. I'm gonna be a champion. Yeah, I got what it takes. Risk it all, make my own fate. Yeah, I'm gonna be a champion. All the glory and the fame, just sitting in my own plane. I'm gonna be a champion. Silhouettes in the spotlight, cash falling from the sky. Yeah, I'm gonna be a champion. So it takes this one night for me to turn around my whole life. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.